Hello, Word Nerds. Welcome to another special episode of the podcast called The Dictionary. Yesterday's episode, you heard from Becky. She was my uh, my guest, my commenter. And on today's episode, we have her husband, Tom. Tom, how you doing? Not bad. How's it going? Thanks for having me on this show. I am doing very well. I'm very happy to have both of you as guests and guests in general. Um, before I forget, I want to make sure that um, we talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about, you want to plug, you want to promote. So uh, what what are you what are you doing that, that the people should know about? Um, I have a couple different things, if it's okay if I like triple plug. Please. Excellent. I am a musician. I'm a music teacher. I do host a podcast and a local music radio show of my own. Um, so I'm in a band called Colonel Chloroform. I play guitar with those guys. You can find us in all the usual places. It's eclectic, kind of rock. It's basically just rock. All, all forms of, of the genre, I suppose. Um, I'm also in a band called John Condren and the Old Gang Orchestra. Uh, with those guys, we do have an album out in all the usual places. Also, every, everything I play is just rock. I play bass in that band. Um, you could also find Alex Hoffer, the Alex Hoffer band. I think he's called online. Um, and you have to go to his site to find our latest recording. Um, and the podcast I host is called What's Going Down in Downtown J-Town. There is an outstanding music scene in downtown Joliet, a lot of really supportive and talented veteran musicians, songwriters, uh, everyone's playing all their own stuff. Uh, we play covers. We're not, you know, too cool to play a song that we like or something like that. But these are artists that are definitely uh, giving everything they have into what they do, and they're very serious about it, and they're really talented. And um, originally, my co-host and I, uh, Dave Francis, just wanted to document it we didn't want this whole thing to pass us by with no record of it ever taking place so we decided to do this this podcast and then we started interviewing other people uh doing things that were great in the community and eventually we were asked to host a local music radio show on 88.7 fm uh it's out of university of saint francis um, wcsf the show is called the local music bonanza uh, so I, I could always give Spencer links if he so desires to find those things. But we're on Facebook and all that stuff. You'll find us. Um, I have. I feel like I have so many questions and comments because uh, that was like a quintuple sextuple plug, which is perfectly fine. Yes. Uh, I love it. So uh, first of all, I want to mention, um, I don't know if there are other Joliets in the country, but you, we are specifically in the Chicago area. I want to make sure that people are aware of that. Um, is the, the show, is, is there a web, there is a website for it if people want to um, check it out? The, the podcast, uh, what the, the What's Going Down in Downtown J-Town show is on Podbean. You can find it on iTunes Podcast also. Uh, but the radio show actually is an actual radio show. It is not recorded. It's all done live. So that's kind of on hold. But we, we do have uh, a lot of content on Facebook uh, in regards to all the local musicians. So there's still things that you can find. And we post all their live streaming events and stuff like that at the moment. Um, and we almost did, well, uh, we're recording this on a Friday right now, but we almost did have uh, a live stream that we do. We kind of turned it into uh, a music video show. Um, so, but it's all, it's all done live. So, um, that one's, all the stuff is just on Facebook for, um, for all the sites. There's no official website. 
That's very cool. And I love the fact that you are promoting and helping out all these musicians. And, you know, I'm sure that they're super appreciative of that. Um, And then the bands that you're in, are those uh, originals, covers, a mixture of both? Um, They're mainly originals. But if we play a show, a lot of times we'll end up playing for the entire night. So obviously we're going to play other songs too, uh, Mm -hmm. just for the sake of the audience also, you know, so it's not just like the one band all night long. Because I don't know about you, but... I like a wide variety of music and I'm not even going to listen to my favorite band for four hours straight. <laughs> yeah. So we definitely like to change it up and throw some stuff in there, you know, but yeah, they're, they're all uh, mainly original artists and they all have albums and Facebook pages and websites and all that stuff. A lot of bands are on YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll put in all the links that you send me uh, in the episode description. Um, and then your your music teacher business uh, that that obviously is all virtual these days. Yeah, how, how does that work? It is. You know, at first it was kind of nerve wracking because you just didn't know how it was going to go. You didn't know what people's expectations were. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's actually been better. It's been a little nicer. It's definitely more relaxed. Obviously, when you're at your own home. Especially for me, all my instruments and all my books are at my disposal then because I could teach upright bass, electric bass, guitar, ukulele, drums. So to fit all that in one room is a little bit hectic. So, you know, like little the the six by six cubicles you have at a lessons facility usually are pretty tight as it is. Um, So I guess it's been nice to have access to everything. Uh, But you get to kind of... I don't know, you conduct yourself in a different way. It's, it's nice to see, because you can't obviously play at the same time. Uh, a lot of the things that I was doing was trying to like just play along with my students so that they had something to go off of instead of just dictating things all the time. So I've definitely had to change how I do things. But I, I, think, I think there's been some definite advantages to this. It's, uh, I, I found a way to uh, print out homework assignments and sheet music digitally so I can send them all their things ahead of time. They don't lose it because it's right there on the chat, you know. Uh, so that that's definitely an advantage. And uh, I, I also, it's a new option now too to be able to, you know, if somebody gets sick or someone gets hurt and they can't make it to lessons that we could do these video chats even when things go back to uh, doing it in person, you know. But nothing, I got to say, nothing beats being able to be in the same room with the students and actually play music with them. For sure. I think is definitely, that. that's how you learn is playing music with somebody else, you know. So, so this is great for the meantime. It's been great. Uh, but I, I definitely look forward to um, being able to do them in person again for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pros and cons with this whole quarantining thing. Um and everybody's situation is different, probably more cons than pros. Um, so, you know, to, to my audience, if any of you are interested in any one of the things that Tom just talked about, definitely go check out the episode description. Or if you need more info, you can contact me. All of that is also in the episode description. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that there are some of you who don't like all the, the chitter chatter and all this extra stuff that you just want the words and the definitions. And that's totally cool. I respect that. But, you know, sometimes I, I like having uh, other points of view, other people to to talk about their lives a little bit. At, and then, you know, just another point of view um, with with these words that we talk about, because 
my my brain is is only you know one tiny little thing and um and and i like to hear from other people so uh with that i think we're gonna get into the words you good with that yes sir let's do it and by the way i do appreciate you like what you just said about uh having other people on and networking and things like that i think it's very important nowadays so i just want to say that i appreciate this Thank you for appreciating that. Um, yeah, that's definitely a part of one of the reasons why I like to have guests on. I think it's it's more interesting for me to, to talk with other people. Um, it's sometimes fun to do it alone, but um, like I said, it's it's good to have another voice on this thing. Um, and I, even though this podcast isn't big these days, um, it's it's still another way to help promote other people. And I, I feel like helping other people is really one of the most important things that you can do in your life. So, uh, you know, that I'm in whatever form I can, I, I want to try. Cheers. Cheers to that. I have a drink. It's not next to me. It's in the other room, but I will drink it when we're done. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Our first word is biogenesis. B-I-O-G-E-N-E-S-I-S. Uh, this is a noun from 1871, the development of life from pre-existing life. And then number two, the synthesis of chemical compounds or structures in the living organism compare to the synonym biosynthesis. Biogenesis, that was our word, and that synonym is biosynthesis. Biogenetic is an adjective, and biogenetically is an adverb. I think they may have taken the biosynthesis thing a little bit to heart lately mm, how so i don't expand know expand on that please <laughs> i just i just i just watch a lot of youtube videos so i always go down rabbit holes of all these conspiracy theories and just it's basically science fiction but they call it news but we all know that it's science fiction um but just like you know i always wonder in a serious note i guess about what they will be doing with biogenetics in the future will we be cloning people more often uh have they already do they plan on splicing us with computer parts? Will they grow different, I don't know, enhancements? Right, right. Well, you know, that actually ties in perfectly to our next word, which is yes. biogenetic law. Yes! This is a noun from 1882. I definitely could have had a whole conversation about what you were talking about, but yeah. you know, th- this one was too, too perfect to pass up. Uh, this is the theory of ontogenetic recapitulation that is not at all what i expected it to say but i think the uh biogenetic law should be fairly explanatory recapitulation that was what they used to describe another word can you segue can you go to recapitulation real quick because i i know what it is in music but i don't know it's like it's like it's like the recap obviously yeah i i you never really see the word recapitulation uh all all spelled out like that but maybe <laughs> i'm maybe i need to break my rule a little bit i do i break my rules a little bit from time all right. to time all right um but re recapitulation um well the the first definition just says a concise summary okay um, which uh you know what i'm i'm going to leave it at that i think that's a perfect a perfect definition um, uh, a concise summary, but ontogenetic, I'm not entirely sure what that is. So we'll have to wait until we get to the O's to learn more <laughs> about that. Well, but that's great. I, but, but like you said, I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big topic. Um, what, uh, what was that movie? Uh, with a G Gattaca. Did you ever see Gattaca? I did not. 
it, it was all about genes and it was a definitely a sci-fi movie super interesting i mean it's a little dated now i think but um yeah the the world of genes and gene splicing and cloning and all that stuff is super interesting and very um weird and this actually brings up a word that um uh, becky and i had in the previous episode which is bioethics it's a whole it's a whole thing of bioethics just like the do's and the don'ts what's responsible and what's not yeah yeah did you ever watch a tv show called the black mirror oh yeah the on netflix right yes yeah i i was late to the game um but i did sort of binge it over a a period of time i guess you couldn't technically call it a binge but yes i did get through all of those was there one in particular that you, you you were reminded of well there was actually uh the two i always sort of put together in my mind i suppose is the one that's like the spoof on Facebook where everyone has to have like a really good rating or you can't get into certain neighborhoods or get certain oh, jobs. Oh, yes. Like oh, yes. Everyone's Facebook is just open all the time. And then they have the, like the scanners inside their like contacts or like their eyes, I think maybe even, where they can scan Facebook real quick and they're like, who is this person again? Oh, yeah, you're Julia. Oh, you have the dog. Right. And then there was also the other episode where everybody had hard drives uh, implanted at like the base of their their head, like right at the base of their brain, I should say. Uh, I should say, uh, but you could replay all your memories on television. Right, right. There was like a like a camera in the eye, and you could just send the recording to the TV, so you could like show your you know your kids your kids' first birthday or something on there, just straight from your eye. Yeah. And it, of course, you know the way the show is is that everything turns to crap, and uh, you know it's it's the problems of these these technologies, and everything goes terribly wrong. <laughs> Yeah, like just the, uh, I guess, the misuse of what some of these tools are instead of using it right. for advancement for our souls. It's just kind of one more accessory and it kind of seems to always go haywire. So that, to me, that's a really uh, kind of a terrifying topic, I guess, you know. I kind of feel like I always have been nervous about that. I guess everybody is. I guess people were nervous about every advancement we've ever had, I suppose. Maybe I'm just being old, I guess, but... <laughs> No, I, I feel the same. I mean, I, I I have very mixed feelings about technology in general. On the one hand, a lot of it can really, really be used for good. And on the other hand, it gets misused. And Black Mirror is a perfect show that it talks about those things and say, hey, look at this thing that we're sort of, you know, it's technically sci-fi, but we're not too far from this this future, this possible future. But look at how it could be misused. And, you know, maybe you want to think about not doing it or just be aware that this is a possibility. So um, I, I really think it's a it's a super fascinating look into all that stuff. I agree. And yeah, I, agree. I don't I don't want I don't want that stuff to become true necessarily. Or if it does, <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe just uh, think about how you use it. Yes, I, I completely agree. One hundred percent. All right, so we had a uh, we had a little uh, edit there. Hopefully, that was um, completely invisible, except for the fact that I just said that we had an edit there. Um, <laughs> we ha- we had to pause, but um, we are going to move on to our next word, which is biogenic. B i o g e n i c. Um, it could also be the word biogenous. That's a fun one. This is an adjective from nineteen o three, produced by living organisms as in we've got an example here biogenic methane formation what yeah what that's how i feel (laughs) what for my own benefit okay well i have two things 
I do request that you repeat what you said. And also, too, I found it interesting. I guess this is embarrassing to say out loud, I suppose, but I never... trust me. I've said so many embarrassing things on this podcast. Don't even worry about it. Okay, okay. Well, with that being said, I had never, ever noticed the years next to the origin of any of these words. Mm. They have the year it was created, right? Do they give credit? to the like the creator of these words or how how does that work so someone put it into effect right like how do these words make it into the dictionary and have a year next right. to them so the year is uh, basically it's the first known usage that they have you know an actual um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh you know a written down uh time that that word was used they have clear evidence that that's when it was used. Sometimes it'll say like circa. So it'll be like around this year. We're not sure exactly. Um, wow. But most of them are, are a year. Um, for the really old ones, it'll say like 14th century or 15th century or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's the, it's basically the first known usage of that word. It doesn't give credit to who, who said it, who coined it, anything like that. Um, but there is um, a website that I've been using every once in a while. I think it's etym online so it's like the first part of the word etymology and then online.com which goes into more detail of where the word came from when it was formed um you know still as as much information as they have i oh i have learned something new today and i appreciate that you are welcome and then uh was there another comment you had about biogenic i just wanted to hear that definition again because that was insane Um, It's short. It's just produced by living organisms. So something that's biogenic is just produced by living organisms. So I guess you could say maybe um, the the carbon dioxide that we exhale after we inhale oxygen would be biogenic. Um, Maybe I'm just reading this incorrectly, but the example that they give is biogenic methane formation. So would that be like the methane that that uh, cars, uh, cows fart out? Would that be biogenic? I I hope so. I mean, I think it should be. I think so too. And I think that this is great because this is the the second time that the the farts have come up in two episodes. Well, I mean, it's part of life. Everyone farts. You can't get away exactly. from it. Exactly. If you eat food, you're going to fart. And if you don't, there's serious repercussions. Yeah, if you hold it in, you're going to it's going to cause problems. So please, just just let out your farts. Just go just walk around the corner. No one's going to say nothing. Right. Go to the bathroom. Yeah. That too. We are going to move on to the word biogeochemical. Wow, there's a lot of information going on in this word. Biogeochemical. It is a noun from 1938 of or relating to the partitioning and cycling of chemical elements and compounds between the living and non-living parts of an ecosystem. I don't totally know what I just read, but I will also tell you that biogeochemistry is a noun. It's a noun. Biogeochemistry, but, but but our main word is uh, biogeochemical. Right, And that right, is okay. also a noun, yeah. So it's, um you know, it has to do with uh, geology and biology and chemistry, <laughs> I'm guessing. Maybe it's the, because it's the location of where things are, like, uh, because everything is, like, like touching. It's not necessarily separated, like, uh, how, like, we walk past animals I'm getting super strange here. I apologize. But how we walk past animals in the woods, per se, this is more like everything is sort of making contact with one another. So maybe there's an actual 
membrane of sorts that actually divides those things in cells, the, the dead and the living organisms? Yeah, I, I think this is basically about the circle of life. Um, I'm just going to read the definition again. I'm sort of rereading it to, sometimes I need to do that to fully understand it, of or relating to the partitioning and cycling of chemical elements and compounds between the living and non-living parts of an ecosystem. I mean, that is the circle of life right there. It's, sure. You know, the something dies, the the fungus uh, will will destroy it and break it down. There might be some scavengers that come in and I see. eat parts of it. Um, and so it's the, uh, and now I lost my place, it's the cycling of the chemicals and the compounds to, to basically live on to help other creatures of some kind, whether they're animals or fungus or whatever um or or parasites or bacteria or insects or uh, anything like that uh so that's i guess the the bio geochemical world that makes perfect sense great yay we are going to move on to biogeography it is a noun from 1894 a science that deals with the geographical distribution of animals and plants Biogeographer is a noun, biogeographic uh, or biogeographical are adjectives. Both of those last ones are adjectives. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel great. <laughs> I'm so happy that I learned about the science that deals with the geographical distribution of animals and plants. As I told Becky in the last episode, you know, some of these words, there isn't a whole lot to say about them. So uh, we're, we're just going to move on to the ne- next word. I probably should have read these beforehand. I usually do. This is uh, biography, but it's spelled weird. Biography. Okay, it is spelled B-I-O-G-R-A-P-H-E-E. Biography. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Um, This is a noun from 1841. A person about whom a biography is written. Ah, so. That's awesome. So there's the biographer who writes the biography about the biography. So, you know, it's like there's the interviewer and the interviewee. Yes. I I never even thought that that was a word. Never in my life. That's so funny. How do you differentiate? Is it got to be all context clues, I suppose? (laughs) Right, because it sounds the same. Uh, Yeah, you got to write context or if you're reading it, it's literally spelled P-H-E-E at the end. Um so yeah, that's a that's a good one. But next we have a similar word, biographer. Uh, this is a noun from 1702, very old. It's just a writer of a biography. Have you uh, have you read any good uh, biographies or autobiographies? I'm trying to think. Uh, I got really caught up heavily in reading Dark Tower over and over again. So the last time I read a biography was probably quite some time ago. Yeah, I listened to, I think, one or two audiobooks. I think I, there were two of them by this sort of famous biographer. One of them was about Einstein, and the other one was about Steve Jobs. And I can't remember the name of the author, but I think he's kind of a, a famous writer. Um, I uh, definitely don't remember the majority of the information, um, but they were both really fascinating people. Um, so th- I would definitely recommend those. I'm not a big reader. If I do read a book, it's usually in an audiobook form just because I can usually do that while I'm doing other things. Sure. Um, but podcasts have sort of taken over that role. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, they have. Which is awesome too. Yes, yes. They have their place. Yep. I hope they have their place because we both have podcasts. Yes, yes. Like, no, please be relevant, please. 
Yeah, really. Hopefully all these words will still be relevant. By the way, if you're listening to this in the future, uh, we are in a, a pandemic, which is why we are doing this uh, virtually. Tom and I are recording this virtually. He's at home. I'm at home. Um, oh, I actually forgot to ask this uh, of Becky, but what's what's your situation like um, how you're recording this? I'm currently sitting on my bed with the with the book in my lap. Where Where are you? I am in my kitchen. I looking out my eye looking out. I looking out my window, uh, my kitchen window. It's a pretty nice view. I have a handheld recording device that allows me to plug in uh, different microphones. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Similar to mine. Thank you for actually having the gear. I appreciate that. And, me too. Uh, yeah, I just, I just like to be transparent with the people and, and give them a little taste of you know what's going on on the other side of these microphones. Absolutely. All right, our next word is biographical. It could also be biographic. This is an adjective from 1714. Number one, of relating to or constituting biography. Number two, consisting of biographies, as in a biographical dictionary. Ah, that sounds interesting. Number three, relating to a list briefly identifying persons, as in biographical notes. And then biographically is an adverb. Good old adverbs. You can't beat an adverb, I tell you. Adverbs are funny words. It's, <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. It's like, it's, something, it's like something that's done in the way of this adjective. I don't know. They're like slyly. That's the first one that I can think of. It's done in a sly fashion. That's a, a good way to describe adverbs, I think. It's an, it's an action action adjective. Can that be a new uh, word? Yeah, I think you just coined it. Uh, I hope in the next version of the dictionary that word is in there. <laughs> Actiontative. Actiontative. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty bad to the bone. Yeah. All right, our next word is the, the normal word biography, the one that I'm used to seeing. Uh, this is a noun from 1683. One, a usually written history of a person's life. Number two, biographical writings as a whole and then number three an account of the life of something as an animal a coin or a building you know that's not something that i usually think about is what you know what's the biography of this object um but everything has a story people have stories but objects have stories too where did it come from where did it go from then to now yeah that's awesome i would never have no, and it would be proper to use that adjective for an inanimate, inanimate object. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, totally. Um, next is, or we're, we're getting a little bit away from uh, those types of words. Now we are on to biohazard. This is a noun, a kind of a, a timely word right now, from 1967. A biological agent or condition that is a hazard to humans or the environment. Also, a hazard posed by such an agent or condition. Biohazardous is an adjective. Uh, I, I said this is timely. You know, it's not exactly like we're living in a, a biohazard, um, but it sort, of, it sort of feels like that, wearing masks and not being able to be near people. Yeah, it's like all those like uh, steampunk kind of goth like settings where like the world goes down and it's disease and pollution everywhere. Like, no, 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 that was supposed to just be a movie. Oh, 
Yeah, it's funny. You look at uh, sci-fi movies and TV shows, things that take place in the future, whether they're utopian or dystopian, there's there's usually masks involved. I was just watching the third season of Westworld, and there were some masks in there. And I was like, oh, look at that. Uh, I'm watching this during this pandemic. And, uh, I, you know, I don't think masks are going to go away now that we've got something like this out in the air. Um, I think masks are the future. Spectacular. They said children were the future, but I think it's masks. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I know. Life changes, I guess. Uh, we, we go through changes. I'm not, I don't know what to think, you know. A lot of the masks that we're all wearing right now don't even really cover things all the way. I, yeah. I don't or know. People what, aren't wearing them right. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. So if if it's like they're telling us that that's what to, we should do and that's what's okay to do, I just am actually more terrified at what they're not really telling us and why that would be something that they would say, yeah, 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 do that. It almost contradicts all other like safety procedures we've ever heard in regards to masks before this. So uh, the whole thing is just weird. So I have a bunch of masks. I wear them. Um, but it's definitely, uh, it's a weird, weird feeling for sure. It is. It's a it's a super weird world that we're living in right now. Um, so enough about that. Yeah, Let yeah. Let us talk about the word bioidentical. This is an adjective from 1997. Having the same molecular structure as a substance produced in the body as in bioidentical estrogens. So would this be uh, basically making something that the body makes, but making it in a lab? Is that, I think that's what it's saying. I would assume that. That's what I would, that's, I mean, what else would it be? Yeah. It's bioidentical to something that is produced in the body. It's biologically the same. Yes. Or I, I suppose that could happen naturally too, though, right? Like uh, sure, sure. two different things have the same chemical... Seems possible, yeah. I I don't know enough about uh, chemistry and and biology, but yeah, I think I think we nailed it. I think we nailed it. I feel good. Yeah. So next we have bioinformatics. Whoa. This is a noun from 1988. The collection, classification, storage, and analysis of biochemical and biological information using computers, especially as applied to molecular genetics and genomics. Bioinformatic is an adjective. So it's basically uh, taking the information of uh, biology, things that are biological, um, and putting them, putting it into the computer so they can store it, but also classify it and analyze it. And is that also the kind of thing you think they would use to do like the predictions? Uh, like, for example, what if we took these two elements and put them together, like just based off of the mathematics and like oh, statistics? Com- like computer models. Yeah, like, like ratios, I guess that would be. Would that, I wonder if that would be something they would use that information for, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think. Pretty much anything, yeah, that has to do with the information of biology is probably considered bioinformatics. So next we have an abbreviation, BIOL, B-I-O-L. It is an abbreviation for biologic, biological, biologist, and biology. So uh, it depends on the context to figure out which word they're talking about. But one of those words, uh, the first one word, biologic, is our next word. 
And then the second word, biological, is the next one after that. So uh, we've, we've got it. We can learn about a couple of them right now. Uh, biologic could also be biological, actually. This is a noun from 1921. A biological product as a vaccine or blood serum used in medicine. Well, that's extremely appropriate at the moment. Yes, we are hoping that uh, they find a vaccine for this coronavirus soon. Like yesterday. <laughs> yes, like three months ago, eight months ago. Um, and then the other one we have is biological. It says also biologic, so those are kind of interchangeable. Uh, but this one is an adjective from 1847. Number one, of or relating to biology or to life and living processes. Number two, used in or produced by applied biology. And then number three, connected by direct genetic relationship rather than by adoption or marriage as in her biological father. Biologically is an adverb. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I, I know some people who were adopted. Um, this is the, the easiest of the three definitions that I can comment on. I know some people who are adopted, and they'll talk about their, their biological parents. Um, and sometimes they know them, and sometimes they don't. And I don't know. I think that the whole idea of being adopted is something that I have no connection to, obviously, because I'm not adopted, to my knowledge. Um, but I, I think it's it's such an interesting headspace to get into. Like, what is what what is that like? How does that affect you? Um, you know, once you find out, how does that affect you going forward? It's such a, a fast. Actually, I just uh, just found out that a couple people I know are uh, adopting a kid. So that's awesome. There's a lot of kids out there who who need uh, to be adopted. So I, I'm hoping that we see a lot more of that going forward. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think there would be like almost like this interesting sort of freedom in it a little bit. Does that make any sense? Like a yeah, like a well, I, like a, a freedom of identity somehow, some way. I mean, I guess it could go the other way too, but it might be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. You know, they they could either take that freedom and say, "Hey, you know, I can make myself whoever I am," and then I think, or yeah, like you said, it could go the other way. And I think a lot of us who are not adopted or just you know, this is my life. And, it, you know, you don't have that wrench to sort of turn things around. And uh, yeah, you, I think you, I think uh, people who are adopted probably have some identity questions and issues and like, you know, who am I? And, you know, um, I mean, I deal with that anyway. <laughs> who am I? What am I doing in my life? But, uh, but yeah, it's probably more with people who are adopted. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess that would be a, uh, an interesting question to ask someone who was adopted. I never really thought about that before. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to interview some people. Um, the next one, I think this is a good word for you. The next word is a biological clock. This is a noun from 1955. An inherent timing mechanism in a living system that is inferred to exist in order to explain the timing or periodicity of various behaviors and physiological states and processes. And of course, when I said this is appropriate for you, that was a joke. <laughs> well, I am getting old. That's true. We're all getting old. Do you have a biological clock for anything? Yes. I really wish I would have... Uh you know, done some of the things that I'm doing now a lot earlier. I guess everyone probably has that sort of thing in the back of their mind, but uh, I was hoping I'd be a lot further along than I am. Sure, I get it. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel that pressure of like, oh, I'm older. Like, you know, now like I'm, I have tons of gray hair in my beard, so no, like, I should be 
further along in life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think a lot of us feel that way. And I, I think this definition is um, um, a broader broader idea than I would have thought. Because usually when I think of biological clock, you usually think of, of women and their biological clock and wanting to get pregnant. I think men have that too, to some degree. Um, it's funny, we, we were walking through a fair a couple of years ago and there were all these dogs. And uh, my wife Sharon said, I think I, my biological clock ticks for dogs <laughs> <laughs> my wife is the same exact way yes yes uh we will have a dog one day but uh not for a while uh but we are actually on our last word of this episode it is biological control two words noun from 1921 number one the reduction in numbers or elimination of pest organisms by interference with their ecology as by the, I have to do a page flip, as by the introduction of parasites or diseases. And number two, an agent used in biological control. Well, what kind of an agent? Any agent? Like Agent Smith? <laughs> yeah, that's probably one of the agents. Uh, an agent used in biological control. So, yeah, the, the thing that they are using in biological control could be called biological control. Otherwise, it's the idea of reducing in numbers or the elimination of pest organisms by interference with their ecology. So, yeah, like um, like the, uh, what is it, the Orkin man, the pest control guy, he, he'll come in and um, he'll basically perform biological control to get rid of pests of some kind. All right, so those were all the words. Um, I don't think I told you this, but you now have to pick a word of the episode uh, it could be your favorite, could be your least favorite, it could be the one that you had some sort of connection to. Uh, what what word would you like? And if you want me to read through them again, I can. Yes. Okay. Biogenesis, biogenetic law, bio, uh, biogenic or biogenic, uh, biogeochemical, biogeography, biography with an EE, biographer, biographical, biography, biohazard, bioidentical, bioinformatics, biol, that's the abbreviation, biologic, biological, biological clock, and biological control. I'd say bioinformatics. Bioinformatics is the word of the episode. Um, any particular reason why you, uh, you picked that one? I thoroughly enjoy saying bioinformatics over and over again. I think I might do that a lot. Becky may actually become annoyed by about 10 <laughs> o'clock tonight because I will say it so often. Uh, also, um, you know, there's a lot of benefit to bioinformatics. And I think, you know, it goes without saying that there's probably a lot of things that we need to pay attention to and research and that it will always be an ongoing thing. It's not just now or it's not just through struggles, but to prevent other struggles and throughout time and history and in the future, there's going to be other ones. So I think bioinformatics will get us through a lot of tough times. Yeah, and I, I think bioinformatics has um, definitely helped our understanding of science in general in a major, major way. Um, so yeah, that's the end of the episode. I urge you all to go listen to uh, Tom's podcast and his various bands. Um, and if you want to learn an instrument of some kind, uh, you could take some virtual lessons from him. Um, and all of the uh, all of that information is in the episode description. Any last words, Tom? Um, 
No, I was going to say something about pizza, but I always say something about it. And I guess I just said something about pizza. It's my favorite food <laughs> of all time. I can't help it. I don't want it to be my favorite food, but I missed it. That was the one thing I missed throughout this whole life break was pizza. You can't get pizza? Uh, I just didn't. We just like chose to cook from home. Yeah. And, you know, we did some curbside stuff, but okay, honestly, too, the other reason is that Becky cannot stand pizza. So if we're oh, going to get something no. and eat together, it's not going to be pizza. So so you got to go do that on your own. Yes, which obviously doesn't happen very often. I had pizza once throughout this entire time. Um, that's funny because, let's see, I think it was maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday or something. We had pizza probably at least four days in a row. <laughs> and then the next day we were like, oh no, we're all out of pizza. What, what are we going to do? And then we're like, oh wait, we have a frozen pizza in the freezer. We didn't eat it. We didn't end up eating it. But we're like, we could have pizza again if we really wanted to. It's the greatest food of all time. It is. It is. There is a vegan pizza place in the city of Chicago uh, called the Chicago House of Za that we love very much. And um, every day they have one or two different flavors for their their slice of the day. And yesterday they posted a picture of their slice of the day, which is they're, they're going a little bit crazy during this pandemic. They're making really, really weird and interesting pizzas. And um, their slice yesterday was uh, biscuits and gravy. What? Yeah. I am really, really fascinated. Um, so uh, they said that they're going to have it again tomorrow, I think. So I may have to go down there and get a slice of this biscuits and gravy pizza. Day five of the week. Yes, exactly. Please be sure to post a picture of said pizza. Oh, I'll I'll tag you in their in their post so you can see it. Yes. Yes, please. Yeah. It doesn't look necessarily what you would think it would look like, but... I'm I'm down for some hearty, probably not very healthy for you biscuits and gravy pizza. <laughs> and now I'm getting hungry, so I should probably go eat some food. Yeah. Well, on that note, I love that phrase. This is the end of the episode. Thank you to all you people who listened through. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, go check out Tom's stuff. And this has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye. <laughs>